All right, every so often here at KDVS, we like to go within the family, as it were, and pull out some of the people that are doing the consistent fine work that we know, dear listener, you look forward to tuning into. So with that in mind, let's uh, let's bring Ed Martin on the program. We've been meaning to do this for quite some time. Ed is a, a longtime uh, KDVSer and is, has been a radio guy for a long time before that. And uh, we've been meaning to have on, and let's do it now. Ed Martin, welcome to Radio Parallax. Thank you, Douglas. Now, I know that uh, you do, let's first of all plug your show. You're doing a show, Cactus Corners. Right, and I've had the privilege of alternating uh, Saturdays 2 to 4 p.m. with DJ Rob, who does Liminal Space. We have a similar uh, sort of playlist, and it's, it's a real pleasure. You know, radio audiences like predictability. If they tune in 2 to 4, they know they'll get contemporary classical music, modern composition, free improvisation, things you're not going to hear anywhere else. Well, that's something you and I have sort of kicked around before. That it, you know, we're hoping to get this from from you know, uh, NPR and a lot of the stations that play classical music and things are supposed to be alternatives, jazz and all that. But uh, I think you and I agree they're kind of sometimes falling down on the job. Well, you get this this pressure, you know, uh, like the current KUSF uh, theft, where you essentially have somebody who wrote a PhD dissertation that we can. Uh, get a chain of stations put together by, by buying out college stations and use that whole empire to sell classical CDs, uh, you know, they've got other objectives. Was that, was that the reasoning that led to the whole fiasco there at KUSF? Yeah, there's a, you, can, you can read the uh, woman's Ph.D. on the Internet. I, I forget <sighs> the name of it. I've got it somewhere. But if you start checking, she was at University of Southern California, and they're the ones behind this, and it's... Uh, whole notion of, of we can make this uh, empire. You know, you look back, NPR did that, the Minnesota Public Radio that's now uh, Public Radio International, you know, they, they build these, these organizations and, you know, you end up so often sacrificing programming innovation in order to get uh, lowest common denominator type uh, right. content. Well, I know one thing's been near and dear to our hearts. I'm sure that you, uh, you and I should, over the months, talk more about this. Uh, there is the potential to develop a UC radio network. There is one in theory, but it's mostly in theory, and I just would love to see something like that get better developed so that there's a sharing of content and more collaboration between, uh, between the various UCs. Well, and I know KDVS has been an integral part of that effort, and as the only station that has a, a bi-constitution undergraduate student manager, you know, it, it we really have to be the ones to keep pushing that. But I think looking at the KUSF uh, situation, people realizing, you know, we've got this community kind of property here that we've got to protect because, uh, you know, uh, you can get sold out. I have high hopes for UCRN. It, it's, it's sort of hard to get continuity and, and to bridge the miles. You know, a big state like this, it's a long way down to some of the other stations. Well, I certainly tried to do what I could to make sure we get Planetary Radio on the air, which originates from our sister station, KUCI, UC Irvine. And I think that really perks up our public affairs lineup on, on Fridays. I really enjoy that show. And that's kind of, I think, to me, that's kind of the prototype for how we could do a lot more of that. Well, one thing I enjoy so much about working at KDBS is, is the homegrown uh, public affairs programming. I've been privileged to sit in occasionally for uh, Richard Estes on Speaking in Tongues. Uh-huh. And, you just realize the the work and the effort and the quality of programming that comes out of that. I mean, I think it's one of the things that makes KDVS unique. It, it, yes, it is. And I, I should, I, I, since we have you on this show, I can't resist mentioning, 
You are a lawyer, and that's of course been one of our favorite targets on here. <laughs> but well, what I want to say right now, he's one of the good ones, folks. Well, I'm not an Abogado in this state, so right away I'm, I'm ahead of that. But yeah, we always tried to you know have a white hat kind of practice, which takes work uh, the longer you go. But you know, the, uh, it's so funny people spend their time attacking lawyers for for deviling for afflicting the comfortable, and in fact, the the real problem are those buildings and buildings full of lawyers who do things actively every single day to to screw consumers and citizens and small investors and and everybody else who's not you know on riding on top of the wheel. Yeah, you look at you look at the, the current shenanigans of our economy the past few years, and you realize oh, all this stuff oh. got vetted and passed in front of lawyers, and they said sounds good to us. Well, you go back the tobacco industry. Yeah. started it. You know, all the health stuff went through law firms so that it was all privileged and, and you couldn't get information. And they attacked anybody who raised their head or opened their mouth. And it was only, you know, when, when basically everybody sort of turned. I mean, and none of those tobacco company presidents who got up and swore that there was no, it wasn't addictive and they didn't know anything about it. No, <laughs> none of them went to the penitentiary and they lied to Congress en masse. You know, my, I don't know if this is true. My understanding was after all those saps got up there and lied, uh, they basically all got eased out of their respective companies because the company was trying to put some like some like uh, leeway between official company policy and what the last guy said before Congress. Oh yeah, you you've got to show that guy the door in a minute because then you can <laughs> say, oh, it wasn't it wasn't us. You Not know, that was just him talking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and he was kind of a bad apple. We've now taken rid. We we've gotten rid of him. Well, the, one of the most amazing things, the guy that, that grew Bank of America to be as huge as it is uh, now, he, it turned out, oh, well, he went to Georgia State University. He's not really one of us. He didn't go to the Ivy League school or mm-hmm. Chicago or anything. He just went to lowly Georgia State, which has a heck of a business school. So uh, he's, not, he's not really one of us, you know. It was interesting. I mean, the guy, you know, they... they Socked him with Angelo Mazzillo's trash. Oh, countrywide, trash yeah, countrywide, yeah. We're going to make you guys buy this uh, this piece of. Oh, know. oh yeah, amazing stuff. But you know, it it and that's one thing, Doug. It's so hard these days to get good information, to get trustworthy information. And I I know friends, you know, who who sort of take what comes in through the normal channels. It it takes a long time to explain to them why everything they know is wrong and and i think you know every week to have some of the folks we have on kbs trying to you know talk about marginalized populations and and give those voice and talk about you know what what's really going on out there it's a it's a terrific thing and i'm really just pleased to be a part of it well good and i and i did hear you doing the uh, speaking in tongues some time ago you, you were filling in very admirably for the boys over there so i hope you'll be doing more of that in the future i really enjoyed it. it's just been no end of fun to get you know, people on and talk about uh, just all sorts of things from obscure authors to uh, the the rebellion in Wisconsin to wars and civil wars in U.S. labor the past few years. Just a great opportunity to have that and to say, you know, we're going to produce 10 or 15 hours a week and and supply the rest of of what we do. It's just a a real privilege to, to help out with that. Yes, it is, and I love being a part of a community station for you know, uh, you know, old guys like us. And I think that you're younger than me, but, <laughs> but don't count on it. <laughs> old, old, old guys like us can 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 blend with uh, you know our our nation's future, our youth, our university students, and do what we can. And I think it, it all works pretty damn well. 
I've been I've been real pleased. I mean, the the students. If you come in, you work hard. You have an an idea. You do what you can to bring it out. You know, they'll welcome you. They'll they'll let you do what it is you do because they know you want to do it and are doing your best to do a good job. Yeah, and I, I do hope that in, in, in the months and years to come that there'll be another generation because the fact of the matter is the public affairs is dominated by people who are no longer students. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll get a few people in, in, in the next year or two that uh, will really step up to the plate and want to dig in to do some good public affairs shows. Well, some of it is you hang around after you finish. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Andy's in the faculty, you're an alum, um, Richard's uh, SCs is an alum, so there's a there's a lot of that sort of connection to the school. But it takes a while to to figure out uh, who to who to call to keep a public affairs show running. I mean, I, I admire Richard Estes for being able to do that every week, as well as hold down a professional job. And certainly you, with all your home production and uh, sitting in on on uh, inside and all of that, it's a tall order. But the local dirt folks uh, seem to make a lot of good use of uh, student participation. Yeah. you just got to say what, what interests you. I hope everyone will be thinking about this, uh, of course, in the annual Pledge Drive time next spring. It is a tough thing to keep the station going without a lot of, you know, corporate support. Well, it's true it, to say, you know, we're going to come to you one week a year, and that's all we're going to come and bug you and, and beg you for money. And, and we should, this would be a good point to mention, people, KBS will accept a, a donations any time throughout the year. You don't have to do it in April. That's right. Just just go to kbs.org and, and start looking or give us a call, uh, give us some support, because we need it, folks. Well, Ed, you know, uh, you're a lawyer. I'm a doc. Let's uh, let's let's let's. There's areas where we interface and stuff, and there's a lot of issues out there. Come come back in a few months. Let's kick, kick some more stuff around. Absolutely, Douglas. Thank you so much. All right. Right. <laughs> but that's it for today's program. We want to thank Mark Stein for his wonderful uh, new book, The People Behind the Borderlines, and also thank our good pal Ed Martin. And, of course, America's foremost political comic, Mr. Will Durst. This show was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week.